Welcome to Maestros On Air, presented by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra, recorded at Maestros Cafe, located at the Brevard Central Library and Reference Center in beautiful Cocoa, Florida. Maestros On Air is a discussion of culture, news events, and life on the Space Coast, and highlights the music concerts, and personalities of the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. Today's show features President of the Symphony Board, Eric Lee. Now your host, SESO Director of Communications, Bill Trudeau. Top of the morning to you. Arr, top of the morning to you, Bill. The that, pirate. Ah, good seeing you. Yeah, good seeing you. Why do you say that? Because you weren't with us last week. You Where, were... Uh, I was sick. You were sick. Yeah. I called you on um, Sunday, and like, because we had the concert Sunday. I'm like, where's Bill at? And I called you, and you know, you're like, man, I got like 103 <laughs> fever. I'm like, wow, that's really high. I was exaggerating. It was like 102. Wow. That's, Point I mean, something. For an adult, that's really high. Yeah, that's right. So, um, and then Monday, you know, we had the show on Monday, and you're like, well, I'm, man, I'm still sick. And I was like, well, don't come in if you're still sick. Well, but geez, then, you're making me feel sick all over again. Well, no, we, we got the show going now, so you got to, like, tough all it right, up. All right, all right. I feel great. I feel okay. great. You look good. I'm here. You look yeah. good. Yeah. You look Thanks. real good. Thank you. Jeremy, how are you? You just came back from Chicago last week? Good morning. Yes, I'm feeling well, uh, and I will hate to say it, but uh, Chicago is just as hot as it is here, so uh, I'd just as soon be here and enjoy the weather and uh, see the ocean and the Indian River and uh, enjoy being home. So, top of the morning. Nice to be here. You know, that's like a little secret, you know, because I'm from Chicago, and a lot of times it's hotter in Chicago than it is here in the summertime. So sure definitely is. would rather be here. So yeah, I would too. You have the ocean breeze. Have the ocean. That's right. And speaking of the ocean, we have uh, two special guests today. Two, yes. From the magazine, the Beachside Resident, we have uh, Natalie Palmer. Hello. And we have uh, Rachel Bilchak. Hi there. As she stretches to uh, reach the microphone, uh, there's only one Rachel, did I butcher your last name, or is that right? You did not. You did just fine. Okay, you did good. good. You okay, did good. Yeah, for the record, we did offer to put up another microphone, and she said, no, she was going to be busy doing other things during right. the interview. So. Right. Well, she, you know, Rachel's very shy, she said, so didn't want to be on the mic, you know, keeping us in line, so. Well, our special guests are here today because apparently, apparently, Eric, you have won something. Yes. Um, You've been nominated. You, uh, or What is it? How elaborate it on that, Natalie. Oh, I, sure. I think I'm going to be the... Um, you are going to be the resident of the month for the Beachside Resident. Wow. We chose you. Uh, we love your work. We love your podcast. Oh, wow. And you have done a lot of uh, important contributions to our town. So we want to make sure that we give you the respect you deserve. Oh, I really appreciate that. You that know, is such an honor, you know, I, You know, I love the magazine, you know, the Beachside Resident. Anytime I'm over, like in Cocoa Beach or whatever, I see it, I always grab it. It's a great magazine. Aaron was in it, what, a couple of years ago? Yes. yes. Yeah, so... Um, those are some big shoes to fill, you know, so hopefully... 2010, hopefully, yeah. 2000, wow, that was five, five years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Wow, it's unbelievable. Well, before the big interrogation begins, yeah, uh, is, I just want to give a quick little rundown of what we have coming up. 
Okay. And Natalie and Rachel, we're glad you two are here. We're going to have fun. This is going to be the best show ever. The it best is gonna, show it ever. It is going to be great. It is going to be great. That. So that's coming up just moments from now. We uh, are going to be talking about the season's second concert. Right, the America the Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, we're very excited about that. Tickets have been going really fast. That's I mean, good. It's a free concert. Phone's been ringing off the hook. That's so. great. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that, maybe uh, having a clip or two. Um, Symphony for Good. Symphony for Good is going that. strong. Yeah. Uh, what about the big news here at the cafe? The big news at the cafe. new ticket outlet. That's right. The cafe is now a ticket outlet, so if you want to get tickets for the uh, symphony concerts, you can get them right here at the cafe. That's so. right. And we are at the cafe. We are at the cafe. We're at Maestro's Cafe at uh, the beautiful um, Central Boulevard Library and Reference Center. Well, let's get to the interrogation. I know. This is great. I know. Natalie was so kind to send me the questions ahead of time. It's a lot of questions, you know. Yeah. I brought my iPad, you know, because I assume... Eric, you're not supposed to be giving away trade secrets. This well, is, I know. It's supposed to be impromptu. It is? Well, no. I mean, I've been like... <laughs> what? You'd I'm, like me to tell you about what? Let me think off the top of my head and give you an answer. <laughs> well, you can cut that part Yeah, out. you got to wax poetic. Now, do you grade on a curve, or how does that work? Well, you know, open book <laughs> tests are always harder than the regular tests. That's true. Jeez. It's not a test. It sure is. <laughs> they're, they're friends. They're friendly. It's a friendly visit. Teachers are friendly, too, but it's still a test. The interrogation <laughs> thing was a joke. This is all fun. It's great. It's an honor. You're yes. the, the top, uh, what is he again? He is resident of the month for July. Yeah, that's it. I love the beachside residence, so I'm looking forward to it. But the interesting thing is, although this is just another show a precedent is being broken you are not interviewing anyone this week you are being interviewed right so i need to take the reins so natalie do your thing i will start the line of questioning all right natalie you are now in control okay i like being in all right, control I'm ready. okay i'm ready so um you are a man of mystery i actually went online to look up things to try to find out to to ask you and i couldn't find There's a reason for that. Really? (laughs) Really? The first one you're going to find out, I'm sure already, he's not on Facebook. You are not on Facebook. You're not on LinkedIn. There's a lot of Eric Lees on LinkedIn, but you are not on there. That's right. She was checking. I was checking. I was trying to do my research. Well, last week, you know, we had my friend Bob Gloppin on, and he tells me if I were to go on Facebook as Eric Atuba, he thinks all the servers would shut down. So I'm trying to do Zuckerberg a favor and not, you know. Yeah. You know, shut his company down. Thinking so. of Mark Zuckerberg, I I, you gotta love it. I yeah. am. You know, I'm a you know open, That's very kind. open guy. Uh, well, yeah, we had a couple questions. I know you grew up in Indiana. I, I heard that from the podcast, and uh, went to school and lived in Chicago. What right. what actually brought you to Florida? Well, actually, we um, I had two tours of duty in Chicago because I went to school in Chicago, and I got married to my wife Colleen, and we moved to California. We lived in California till about um, about 2000, and we were going to move somewhere else in California. And then her parents were starting to go downhill, so we moved back to Chicago. So then, once we moved back to Chicago, the first year was kind of like, oh, you know, it's kind of exciting. You know, you see snow again. You know, it's kind of exciting. But then that second year, I think like 2001, we were like. It's really cold. We've got to find a place to <laughs> warm up in the wintertime. So a really good friend of ours that we went to school with lived in Merritt Island, and we came down and visited her in the winter. And she's like, you know, Merritt Island, you know, when you grow up someplace, it, mm-hmm. you don't realize it's as great as it is. 
Yeah. You know, and she's like, oh, I'm at Island, you know, it's nothing really going on, you know, blah, 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 blah. So we're like, okay, well, we're still going to come down and visit you. Come down here, and it's like, wow, this is great, you know. It's Paradise. Like, yeah, you got... You know, you're between like two rivers, you know, you're close to the beach, you get still get kind of that breeze, mm-hmm. you know, and it was warm, there's palm trees, you know, oh, this is pretty nice. I have a question for you, Eric. Okay. When did you start talking with your hands? I've always talked with my because hands. I just saved my coffee. I just moved my coffee. <laughs> you were inches from hitting my coffee. You need to like you know be with it. I, mean, I, I am with it. Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm holding I've my all, coffee. I always talk with my hands. You, you never notice this because normally on this show he's got a fork and that prevents his hand from that's right. around. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, sometimes you know, I might right. jab you. Jeremy's right. I think I think we'll get to that later on. Please continue. All right. Yeah. So anyway, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. So anyway, we're down here like this is really nice, you know. So then we start looking at the prices of real estate and like oh. Oh, this is, you know, you can get a lot for your money down here. So we got a, bought a house and then we would come down here and then we'd rent it out when we weren't here. And then we made the move full time moving down here like in um, 2005 because we were trying to move her p- parents down here. But that ended up her, um, we moved down here first full time. Then we were trying to get them down here and then her mother you know, passed away. So then we had to settle things up there and then we brought her dad down here. So her dad lived with with us until he passed away. So I really, you know, really enjoy, you know, living in Florida. It's like the warmest place ever been in the wintertime. Yeah. It's way warmer than California. So you don't miss the snow? Because I hear a lot of Northerners miss the snow. No, no. I mean, I remember like the last year before we're going to move because I was like, you know, I didn't want to buy a snowblower. You, know, you don't need as much stuff here. You know, I didn't want to buy a snowblower, but like the year before we left, we got like this huge snow and we had like, a, we lived on like a half acre, so it was a really long driveway. And I was going to try and like shovel it myself. My neighbor came across the street with the snowblower and blew it out. And I'm thinking, I'm glad I didn't buy the snowblower because we ended up moving. So. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah it, I don't you can't miss, really use it here. I don't miss no, the snow. There's no snow. <laughs> there's no snow. Well, occasionally, but you have to wait 100 years for that to happen. I do remember, though, in the early 2000s, when we were just down here visiting, I remember seeing snowflakes. Oh, wow. I mean, it was, I mean, nothing, st- I mean, just like little. Little flakes. You know how, like, once a year it'll, like, get to 32? Yeah. There was, like, little snowflakes in there. I, can, yeah, I concur. I've seen those, too. Well, right. like, like early, it was in the early 2000s. We, yeah, that's we right. did have, like, a, a freeze in December. I think it was, like, 2011 or 12. It was, like, a freeze. Yeah, yeah. for, like, one day. Sure. That's as cold as it gets. So, I actually have a lot of questions with regard to your musical abilities. Okay. Um, I know you play the tuba for the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra, but do you play any other instruments? Well, I also um, double on bass trombone, Mm -hmm. and I was fortunate enough to be able to play bass trombone last weekend's jazz concert. Oh, wow. And that was, you know, really a lot of fun doing that. And then I took piano lessons when I was a kid. I mean, I never really got very good at piano. It was good enough to get me out of one year of class piano, because you have to take... At Northwestern, they had two years of class piano, but I was able to test out a one year. So that was pretty good. And then I was a music education major, so we took classes like on all the instruments, but I never, just like a one quarter, I never really got very good at anything else. Well, how old were you when you actually realized that you had a passion and a talent for music? You know, I don't know. I I remember I always wanted to like be in the band, you know, so like in uh, Indiana, they started band in fifth grade. And I wanted to, you know, play the, uh, 
I wanted to play the, you know, the sousaphone. Mm -hmm. And there's a good story about the sousaphone. Because <laughs> I was a big fan of, um, of, you know, the Gomer Pyle show. Oh, yeah. That's a good show. And there's one episode where uh, Gomer's playing a sousaphone. Yes. Ah. And I, I thought that was, like, really cool. They were playing the sousaphone. <laughs> yes. And then I realized cool. later, you know, that Andy Griffith was a tuba player. Oh. Yeah. So I, I think that. that's why he put that in the show, that Gomer was playing the sousaphone, because... You know, that was part of his production company. So that's really what helped wow. you to relate to both those shows, too. Well, I just, I thought it was really, I really yes. like, you yes. know, the Gomer character for yes. some reason. Who didn't? And I, <laughs> I thought it was great that he was, you know, playing the sousaphone. So I wanted to, you know, play the sousaphone in the band. But they only had two sousaphones, and there was two other kids already set up for sousaphone. So I started on trumpet, and I didn't really do that well on trumpet, but then... One of the kids dropped out on sousaphone, so then I got to play the sousaphone, and then the rest is history. Wow. So it was, you know, so I think like early on, you know, I knew I had, you know, some musical ability. Yeah. And I also was an artist, too, and I kind of kept that up all the way through high school, but then they, um, you know, I figured in going to college, I would kind of put the art on the back burner and then you know just go into the music part it's something about music and art seems like it goes hand in hand and yeah. a lot of people have that where they're yeah. it's an artist in general right mine's more like um i was more like a cartoonist oh, okay. type of thing i did get one you know cartoon published in the daily northwestern as a student newspaper when i was a freshman so I think it was I was like making fun of the Pope or something. I'd like to see that cartoon. Uh, I Not don't know. because of the Pope thing. I don't know where that is. But I would like to see it. I bet you could find it online. Yeah, it's archived. It's got to be archived. Oh, sure. It was one cartoon. I can, forget can what it was. Can you go into the Lee Archive vault and pull it out? I don't know if I have that one, <laughs> the archive. But I would like to see that. I'd like to see the Pope thing. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the Pope, but I want to see it. Well, I think it was when like um, Pope John Paul was coming into Chicago. Yes. I, I remember think. that. Yeah, like in 79. I remember that. So, anyway. But that was, you know. But I kind of put the art on the back burner and then, you know, stuck with the music. Well, you know, uh, speaking of youth, I was curious about the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra mentorship program that you spearhead. Oh, yeah. That's um, something we do. That's something we've done from the beginning. We find, you know, like either talented, you know, college students or high school students and give them an opportunity to, you know, play with the orchestra. And that's something we did the last um, concert, the Also Sprock concert. I had one of my students, he's a sophomore, but he's got a great upper register and asked if he wanted to play second tuba with me. Of course he did, and you know, well, but of that's course. like <laughs> and he played flawlessly. He yeah, he did a great, flawlessly. he did a great job. Yes. Wow. I mean, that's like a baptism yep. by fire Ooh. because the also Sparks Zarathustra is an incredibly complex piece, mm -hmm. and for him to be able to, you know, do that and do such a you know great job is really you know is really good. So he did a Impressive. great job with it. Uh, well, now that we're on the podcast, uh, had you listened to it before? Um, I had not, and uh, oh, so I like got hooked on it. So you no, did like I'm binge listening. Now. I've been binge listening, like like Netflix. <laughs> binge listening. I love it. Yeah, I, it's so funny now that I've met you. I feel like I know you because I've been listening to you for so long. 
on oh, it. Oh, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. We kind of try and have a good time here. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we it do. comes through. It really yeah. does. Uh, I feel like I've known him, too, that I've been listening to you. I mean, I didn't know you before I was listening to you, oh, but yeah, now right. I feel like I know you better that I listen to you on the show. Yeah, it's kind of a weird, weird thing, because I haven't known Bill yeah. that long, only just a little over a year. Yeah, but I feel oh, like wow. I know you better because I've been listening to you on the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah. makes sense. It comes through. like It sounds like you're friends for a really long time. Yeah. You would never know that you just recently met. It's called acting. Yes. <laughs> acting. We're good actors. We are. No, Bill's, yeah. a, Bill's, a great, Bill's a great guy. Yeah, so. and Eric's a great guy. Oh. Jeremy's a great guy. We we really love what we do. It's it's a lot of fun, I've but it's real. Jeremy, last, when did uh, we start doing the podcast? Uh, ju- I think the first time we got together to talk about doing it was in October okay. of 2014. And That's so right. Now here we are, 25 shows in, we literally produced minutes and minutes of entertainment. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's impressive. Uh, yeah, 25 hours, but only minutes and minutes. <laughs> so, have you learned anything about podcasting that you didn't realize before? I mean, is this. Well, yeah, because this. Baptism by Fire? Or? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I'd never really been on the radio before. I mean, you heard the Tuba Brothers. Yes, clip, I love the you know, Tuba Brothers. Meyer. I was dying last when I heard that. And I've been on the air a couple of times with Aaron. We went down to Vero Beach when we first started playing down there. I was on Rhett Palmer's show and we went on a couple other shows, but I'd never really been on the radio before. Bill has had, you know, a lot of radio experience and so has Jeremy. So I'd like to throw my two cents, even though I'm not being asked, I'd like to help field this question, if I may. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a radio show without the transmitter, without the tower. The transmitter in this case is the internet. Right. You know, it's just like a radio show without the transmitter. There's really no difference. You know, I mean, we, uh, because it's the kind of show that it is, I mean, a lot of people think oh, it's on the internet, so you can basically say whatever comes to mind or this or that. No, we do practice a certain, um, what do you want to call it, standards and procedures. I mean, we, we're not just going to get on here and use bad language or say, and right. not that we would, right. but I'm saying, you know, um, we might as well be on um, a, a radio uh, frequency right. that is under the governance of the FCC. I mean, we, we really conducted a such. Right. Well, we Jeremy's kind of like the FCC. He is. He's like the FCC. <laughs> He's like the voice of reason. Keeps <laughs> us in line. <laughs> well, there was, there was, a, there was a chairman, uh, Minnow, of the FCC many years ago actually likened television to a vast wasteland. Uh, you could uh, say that of this podcast at times, but uh, we do our best to try to keep it interesting, keep it entertaining, uh, try to educate People along the way. Yeah. It comes through. Yeah. yeah. It comes through. And it is educational, I think. Oh, definitely. You know, like last like last week when you, Bob's talking about how he tunes his, you know, the, gets the sound on the bass and stuff. I mean, I, I thought that was fascinating. It was very educational. Yeah, very I, educational. I like the show. I listened to it. I thought it was fascinating. I was deathly ill listening to the show. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then like the, the interviews that Aaron <laughs> does, you know. They're always really interesting and, you know, educational. He's a little bit more serious than we are, of course, but, you know, he's the conductor. Well, I think it's a combination of things. I think everybody, you know, in their own right is serious and entertaining and interesting in their own right. Right. So it's a combination of things. But like uh, the three of us, you know. Jeremy, yourself, and, and and me. I mean, we have a. I think we have a really good show. It's yeah, a lot of fun. It's a great chemistry. Comes yeah. through. Yeah. It does yeah. come through. Thanks. Yeah, it's a lot of. Fun. It's kind of like a mutual admiration society. It's a mutual admiration. <laughs> I was just kidding earlier when I said acting. We we do legitimately enjoy doing this together, and we have good conversation. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, it comes through. You could definitely hear it. 
Well, okay. So this is one of the most important parts of the podcast. I absolutely love it when you start waxing poetic about the sandwiches here. Oh. <laughs> I get so hungry. It uh, makes me want to come well, over you'll here. Be able to, after we get done, you'll be able to have a sandwich. Uh, so uh, it'll be your lucky day. That'd be my pay. I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah, it'll, it'll be your lucky day. <laughs> that was one of the ones, because you, you know, I've been like trying to think about these yeah. questions. Yeah, I was wondering what your favorite sandwich was here. See, I, can't, I don't know if I can narrow it down to one sandwich. Ah, it's That's like your favorite child, right? Something like that. One sandwich. Um, I mean, on the regular menu, I'd probably go with either like the Philly or either like a pastrami or a Reuben type mm. of thing. I mean, pastrami. There you go. I mean, that's a toss-up. Man. I mean, I, <laughs> I can do without the pastrami. Go ahead. This is your oh, question. Yeah, but I mean, I don't like the pastrami. Yeah, I heard this in a podcast. I, I love, I love the pastrami. I just don't like it. I love it's either the pastrami. It's too salty or something. I think if we were to go back and mm-hmm. run the numbers and look statistically speaking, most often what you've had is the breakfast sandwich. Right. Yes, yeah. that was right. it, Jeremy. You are. Was correct. it the time of the day? Maybe. Yeah, we've recorded this all over. We've we've done this on mornings, afternoons, in the evening. We've done it on the weekend, but. Normally, uh, the mode mentally, whether it's uh, evening or morning, we think about it being in the morning and a breakfast sandwich is just, it's uh, a good complement to the conversation. It is. Right. I mean, we've kind of fine-tuned the menu. We're really not doing that now, so I didn't want to like, you know, talk about the breakfast sandwich, but that was my favorite. I was the only one eating the breakfast sandwich. But you still like it. Oh yeah, I love it. (laughs) Okay. And then like for the specials, I mean, the meatball sub is fantastic. Uh, wow. Marion makes this great meatball. It's like her grandmother's recipe. Yeah, it's a it's recipe. Unbelievable. Uh, I mean, the meatball, a good meatball sandwich it like is amazing. melts in your mouth. Yeah. I mean, it's just fantastic. Like mom makes this, like a, that kind of meatball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's unbelievable. Because it's not like a real hard meatball. It's like real mm-hmm. soft. Melts in your mouth. And then, you know, we do the barbecue Friday. And I love the Italian sausages. Ah. So that's like a special item. I'm going to have to bring my husband something home. He's Italian and loves sausage and peppers. Probably the only library cafe in the United States where you can have like either a fresh, like a fresh grilled burger or bratwurst or Italian sausage. So, but I love the Italian sausages. I do too. Do they have those in Chicago? Oh yeah. It's got to be a big thing, right? Yeah. Italian sausage. I would love to be able to find some Chicago Italian beef. I would love that. You've had Italian beef up in Chicago. Oh, absolutely. We, yeah. we got to get some Jordanaire to go along with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Ah, Jordanaire. Yeah, I mean, I love that. But I don't. I think it's really hard to find the right beef, you know, down here. And then, I think we can solve it right now. Make sure in the interview you make note of the fact that we are in search of somebody who can... Oh, yes. You know, and who knows will come out of the woodwork. Where's the, to, beef? Yeah, I don't know. where's the beef? Yeah, where's the beef? <laughs> where's the Italian beef? Where's the Italian yeah. beef? Because, like, Vienna beef is, like, the number one meat in um, Chicago. So, like a Vienna hot dog, you know, they snap when you bite into them. Have you ever had, like, a Chicago Chicago hot dog? Oh, yeah. Those yeah. are the best. Yeah, you, like, Those are the bite best. into them. But, a- no, but no ketchup. No ketchup. Yeah, that's you, that's a crime against hot ketchup, dogs. You, you have cannot ketchup have on ketchup. A hot dog in Chicago, they'll throw you out. No. They will. They'll throw they will. you out. They will. Colleen almost threw me out of here because I was putting ketchup on a hot oh, dog. Oh, yeah. She's like ready to go after you. Well, I put lots of mustard on it, too. No, no ketchup. It's illegal. No ketchup. No, no ketchup. Illegal. So. so really, if Chicago had their way, there'd be no ketchup. No ketchup. Well, it's okay for French fries. Right? I typically try to avoid all controversy, but I'm just going to make it very plain if you've been to Chicago, you have to acknowledge that they believe that there are no rules of what can go on top of a hot dog. Except for ketchup. Do you see? No <laughs> rules. If they can claim a pickle 
and celery salt, I can claim ketchup. It's like a whole salad on a hot dog. I'm with you, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. I'm going with ketchup. I'm going to keep my eye on both of you now. That's part of it. Part of the ah. whole thing. Those are the Mork dogs. I think is what they're called. I, yeah. Exactly. I, I like I like ketchup on a hot dog, and I don't care who knows it. Uh-huh. Right. Right. Me too. Right. I'm right. standing firm on this ketchup thing. you got to take a stand somewhere. Yeah, take yes. a stand John. for Thank ketchup. Thank you, Natalie. I'm coming out of the shadows <laughs> making a stand for ketchup. <laughs> taking a stand for ketchup. Oh. So there, Colleen. I know she's listening. She is listening. Natalie and I are going to keep our eye on you We now. are going to keep our oh. All right. That's fantastic. You know what I am curious about? I've been curious how you partnered with the uh, Brevard, the Central Brevard Library to actually open this cafe. Well, what happened was we um, moved our office, the symphony office, over to the River House. How long have we been in the River House? Uh, Like a year. Over a year, I think. Over a year? Okay, over a year. We were already settled in when you came along. Yes. Because we were over at um, in Co- in Cocoa Village, mm-hmm. and we were renting the space, and the um, went to new owners, and they said, "Oh, well, you can stay there. We're not gonna like kick you out." And then, like a month later, they gave us notice. <laughs> <laughs> so then we're like scrambling. Where are we gonna go? So then we heard from it was either from Joyce, who does our publicity, or Jeff, who's the library director here. Some one of the two of them said. Well, you know, you could go over to the River House. They rent space for nonprofits. We should just clarify what that is, though. So here we are in Maestro's Cafe, is in the main branch of the Brevard Library right. in Coco, 308 Forest Avenue. Uh, if you look across the parking lot uh, between this building and the river, there is an old structure that started out as a house. Uh, an earlier podcast, we actually had a whole discussion of all the various things that it's been over the course of the years. It was built back in 1924. It's a beautiful old house. Oh, wow. Wow, that sounds yeah. beautiful. Right, and currently it is managed by the Brevard Library Foundation. Right. And they have their offices there, but they there's really more space than they need. So they have enough space for a couple of other nonprofits. And it was during this conversation that it was determined that the Space Coast Symphony would be a good tenant. Exactly. That's exactly how. See, that's what I mean. He's the voice of reason. So he <laughs> brings it all in. So we go over there and we meet with Ned. You know, who's mm-hmm. the former director. Yeah. And he's like, "Wow, this is great. Yeah, we're well, yeah, we'll move in here." So we moved in in there, and you know, we love it over there. So then later on, Ned told us that the. Um, People that were operating the cafe, they wanted to get out of, and they he, he was like, "You guys got to, you know, take this over. This is going to be great for you." So we, you know, thought about it. And said, "Okay, well, you know, do it." So that's how that ha- happened. We just kind of like stumbled into into it. Well, happy accident, right? It's a beautiful cafe for those of you that haven't been here. Yeah, I mean, they did a great job. The Library Foundation renovated the whole place. Wow. I mean, they did a great job with it. It's like a very cool college. Um, not even college. It's very, you know, beautiful leather chairs and, and wonderful artwork on the walls. It's just a very nice vibe. Yeah, I would describe it as a, a very comfortable, upscale coffee shop like you might find in a gentrified part of downtown. It definitely has that vibe. Mm-hmm. I like to say this. It's Dark like the show Friends. Beautiful. It is. Right. Okay. It is. Ah, it's like a yes. scaled yes. down you version. Sort of thought about Without that. Yeah, the really junkie is. sofa. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's no the junkie look. sofa. You've seen that on the yes. air before. Yeah, I mean, the central true. perk. That's true. Central yeah. perk. Yeah. Yes. It looks like a scaled down version. It's yeah. not as gigantic, but not as pretentious. Not, not as pretentious. Right. We're more down to earth. What do the proceeds of the Maestro's Cafe benefit? Those will benefit the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. 
Wonderful. That's the idea anyway. Yeah. I mean, right now we don't have any proceeds because, you know, <laughs> restaurants, you know, it's a tough business. It's, right. You know, but once that starts becoming, you know, positive cash flow, it'll go towards helping the symphony. Wonderful. Well, we had actually touched on Ned for just a moment. We had covered him. Um, he, uh, Ned Keller, for those of you who don't know, is the executive director. He had actually retired from the right. Brevard Library Foundation. And uh, he had actually called you the Blue Collar Symphony in your February 2015 oh, yeah. podcast. I love, I love that. I love that. That's actually um, a compliment. Yes, it is. I absolutely. Love it. Uh, uh, what? What about it do you em embrace? I mean, it kind of like sums up what we're trying to do with the Space Coast Symphony. We want to make music affordable for everyone. You know, not just, you know, I mean, to borrow a little bit from Karl Marx, you know, it's not just for the bourgeois, it's for the proletariat. So, you know, so I, I love that. Because we're really trying to make symphony music and, you know, jazz, you know, affordable for everyone. Right. You know, so everyone can afford it. Well, actually, this coming month, I guess in July, the Symphony for Everyone's pre presenting the West Side Story right. um, at the Scott Center on July right. 11th, mm -hmm. and the Vero Beach High School Performing uh, Arts Center, I guess. Right. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, that's going to be a great program. We've performed the symphonic dances from West Side Story before. That was... I think that was like right after our first season. It was like a summer concert. That's a really difficult, you know, piece of music and really looking forward to playing that one again. I love it when, you know, Aaron like reprograms, you know, pieces because mm -hmm. you know, of great music. It's, you know, should be played again. And then I, you know, I really like doing two programs. You know, yeah. I like being able to play one here and then playing one in Vero Beach because mm -hmm. it's nice to get, you know, another chance at, the, you know, at the music. You know, when it's really great music. Yeah, you love it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's really, I really like doing that, being able to do two shows. Well, and speaking of performances, I, we're going to have plenty more questions and answers as the hour goes on. But last week, we promised that we would play some more music oh, yeah. from our most recent concert, which was the Big Band Bash. Oh, yeah. That was a, that was a great concert. First concert of the new season. Right. Yep. And I think right now we're gonna uh, we're gonna play uh, the opening from "Darn That Dream." Oh yeah, this is a fantastic. Um, it's uh, Frank Losar is playing um, lead trombone. It's like a trombone feature at the beginning. It's really you you missed it. I, I know. Mean, but Jeremy was there. It was really unbelievable. I mean, he just has a total command of the horn. So we're gonna go to that.
that's a great song. That was Darn That Dream featuring Frank Losar. Did a great job. Uh, we've got a special guest, uh, Natalie Palmer, and the um, tables are turned. She's asking me the questions. She's from the Beachside Residence. So, and don't uh, forget Rachel. Yeah, and we have Rachel here. Yeah, Rachel's here. Uh, so, um, so we're going to bring out the spotlight, shine it right down on you. That's uh, right. I get... I got my iPad so I can look up answers. So I'm offered to give you a glass of water if you'll just tell us the that's answer right, to the so next question. It's an right. interrogation. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. We got you hooked up doing, to the electrodes. That's right. Doing good so far. <laughs> so in essence, the philosophy behind the Symphony for Everyone? Well, the idea with the Symphony for Everyone is not to exclude someone you know, on their ability to pay. They can go to the website, and if they're not able to afford our normally... I mean, it's really affordable ticket price. Our regular price is $20 in advance, 25 at the door. I mean, that's really super cheap, you know, for a symphony concert. I mean, we're probably, what do you it's think? It's like half price. Yeah, it's compared probably to like, what others are charging. Yeah, it's probably like half price. But yeah, let's say right. you can't, you know, come up with the $20. You can go on the website and you can kind of pay what you can afford. So if you can pay fifteen dollars, that's great. If you or, can pay, or if you're eighteen or under, you oh, get yeah, in, yeah, yeah. you get in for that's free. That's the other thing. I mean, that's like a separate program. The eighteen and under. If you're eighteen and under, you get in for free. That's or wonderful. Or if you have a college ID, right? You know, you can get in for free. Yeah, that's a great way to expose children to music. Like you were saying, how you were, you know, interested in, uh, you know, the the tube at a young age. I well, mean, exactly. it's, it's, that's how you get it. That's how kids get interested. They have to right. be exposed to it. Right, and that's why we do the eighteen and under because we want them to. We don't want the you know the symphony orchestra to die off, mm -hmm. or you know we do the jazz. You know that's can getting to be like a dinosaur too. You know I think a lot of it is the fact that you know tickets cost so much. Yeah, that's kind of like the bottom line. We want it to be affordable for right. people. You know, that's, so that's how you really keep arts alive, right? Exactly. Yeah, and I don't see it dying off. I mean, uh, just going back real quick to what Aaron. Um, what you were talking about with Aaron, the way he designs these programs, you know, the concerts, like you said, he will take a, a classic, uh, a classical piece and, and reintroduce it, but it's the way he does it and the way he mixes current music with past, right? right. With the classical well, pieces. Well, yeah, that's an excellent point because mm -hmm. if you look at like that West Side Story program, you've got two other pieces on there that are by living composers. Yeah. And I think he was doing... Because he does a lot with the grants and stuff, and he was doing like a, some sort of like analysis. I think the amount of music we do of living composers is really high. I think, I mean, I'm not sure what the exact number is. I think it was maybe like 25% or maybe even higher, which is really unheard of wow. for, you know, for a symphony orchestra. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're always, you know, doing, like, you know, newer music. Mm -hmm. uh, we've done that Kenneth, Kenneth Fuchs. We play a lot of his pieces. His mm -hmm. music is really accessible. And then the other one is um, Michael Daugherty. Yeah. It, it's real accessible music. I mean, I think people are going to really, you know, really like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to go there. Yeah, it's going to be a great concert. When we did the West Side Story before, Aaron came out in a leather jacket. I mean, it was... <laughs> I'm hoping he does the same. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, yeah, the Jets, I'm hoping, right? Yeah, I'm hoping we do, he does the same the same thing. But it was, you know, that's it's just a great piece. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it was funny when we got here, you were actually out buying food That's right. For the cafe. Monday's, Monday's my food day. 
So you wear a lot of hats. Oh, yeah. um, Idle hands are the devil's workshop. Oh, you gotta take that to heart. <laughs> gotta keep busy. Yeah. Well, I mean, in addition to the podcast, you're all, and of course playing the tuba, mm-hmm. you're also president of the Space Coast Symphony. Right. And I, I, we were just curious how you got involved with the symphony and what's your role as president of the board. That's a funny. Uh, that's a. That's kind of a good story too, and we've talked about that on the uh, on the air. Uh, Aaron had. Um, it was um, well. We started the orchestra in 2009, so it would've been in 2009. He was. Uh, it was like a pickup orchestra. We were doing Verdi's Requiem. Mm-hmm. You, I've probably I've talked about this oh, on yeah. the show before. We were doing Verdi's Requiem. You know, Aaron stops and he's like, um, violins a little bit less, more trombones. <laughs> we're looking at each other like. We thought maybe, you know, we didn't hear that right, mm-hmm. or, you know, we're not old enough to have hearing aids yet, so <laughs> we're like, what did, say? what did he say? You know, we're like, in awe. Mm-hmm. And then he said something like that, and then that little bit lo- later on, he says, um, trombones, I know that only says, uh, you know, mezzo piano, but why don't you play that a good solid forte? Then we're wow. looking at each other again and saying, this is our guy. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't know how many times you're in a group. I've been in groups. I get the hand even before I get my tuba up. Wow. Well, it is a loud instrument. Oh, yeah. Well, especially the way I play. It's well, I know when we interviewed Kate, Kate Leisure. Yes. Right? That was the podcast. She uh, brought up that exact thing. Oh, yeah. Thing. That's the whole thing. So then um, it was like her and Colleen, and, and I'm like, say, wow, that was a lot of fun, Aaron. You know, you should start an orchestra. And then like... <laughs> And then, like a month, you know, month later, he had all this paperwork going. You know, he said, "So I need board members." So, Eric, do you want to be president? Yeah, I'll be president. <laughs> Little did I know how much work it was going to be. I mean, it's like it's huge, and I never thought it was going to be as big as it's gotten. I mean, it's really turned into like a big organization. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it's we impressive. do a lot. I think this is another thing Aaron was figuring out. I think I'm not sure on the number, but I think he said. It, since 2009, we've done like 700 and some concerts. Whoa. Like, counting wow. like free concerts, counting chamber music, counting everything. I mean, it's unbelievable. Well, I'd like to throw this in real quick. We're the only professional symphony orchestra in the state of Florida that literally performs all year round. I'm a big cartoon fan, and I'm very excited about the August concert, the animation domination. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Sure. I mean, that's um, part of our uh, movie concert series where we'll show uh, clips from the film and then you have a live orchestra playing that's going to be really good we have performed a couple of these pieces before doing um how to train your dragon mm-hmm. that is a really fantastic score mm. it was great it brings it to life yeah it does. and then uh, yes. the other one that we've done before is a uh, chicken run chicken run and yeah. that's got a killer tuba part i mean the tuba is like all over the place and uh, I'm sure all these other ones, I don't think we've done, but they're going to be great. I mean, the film music is really exciting. Aaron gets like the actual film scores from the studios. So a lot of times these haven't been you know performed before since they were recorded for the movie. So a lot of times they'll be in manuscript and there'll be like all these hen scratches because where they've changed stuff, you know, in the studio. So it's really exciting to be able to, to be able to play that music before so it's really that's a really exciting thing a little bit of film history there too yeah exactly and um i think when we started doing this it was a few years ago i don't think there were that many orchestras doing that but i think that's kind of caught on we're kind of a little bit like trendsetters sometimes yeah that's right trailblazers yeah we start things and then other people you know pick up on it aaron the lion yeah that's right the lion 
Okay, so this is a very important question. This is actually something that's very dear to my heart. Which is your favorite movie composer, John Williams or James Horner? I think I'm going with John Williams on that ah, one. I think so. Yeah. I mean, John Williams is pretty much reinvented like the whole symphonic music you know for movies mm -hmm. i mean i love what he does with it's kind of like wagner you know with the light motifs because right. you know like in star wars like each character has has a theme mm -hmm. which is very much like wagnerian like if you listen to a wagner opera you know the different characters have their theme star wars is really a lot like that and I we've done a lot of john williams pieces mm -hmm. and you know i re really I, I got to go John Williams on that yeah, one. Yeah, and John Williams, of course, did the Indiana Jones songs mm -hmm. as well, and right. those are so iconic. Right, and just, I mean, a lot of um, pieces, like when we had uh, Jennifer Royals on, what was that, a couple episodes ago? Yeah, a couple of episodes ago. She did the uh, the Terminal. Principal clarinetist. Oh, and that yeah. was the John Williams. Symphony. And that was a totally different kind of piece. It wasn't like a big, you know, huge score is kind of more scaled down and she did you know a great job on that and he just really has just a really wide variety of musical ideas so i got to go with john williams yeah i agree i okay. was yeah i just won the bet okay good. <laughs> <laughs> but james horner's great too oh, i mean wonderful like, yeah titanic is like the number one as far as like film scores mm -hmm. you know Ever, as far as like number one movie, yeah. But I still gotta go with John Williams. Yeah, he's been in a lot of this. He's done a lot of the Star Trek, right? Uh, themes, James Horner, right. and of course those are dear to my heart too. And that's something um, Aaron had talked about. What was it like? Two or three episodes with Michelle uh, doing a mashup of Star Trek and Star Wars. Ooh, get the two together. To, right, bring the two universes yes. together. I'm gonna take another stand and say that should never happen. The two worlds exist in completely separate realities so it would just it could never be done <laughs> it could never be done even if jj uh, abrams is uh, producing them both I, you uh, still cannot get the two of them together it, in my opinion now, I'm will, now, i would be willing to watch and eat my words if i'm wrong but i think it would be extremely difficult because i love you know when i was listening to that interview i thought that was a great idea that you know when they were talking about that about what Bringing Star Wars yes. and Star Trek together. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, that was, I thought that was fantastic. That would be a great idea for the Out of This World if you're going to do that again. I know you did one in January yeah. that has all the sci-fi music. You know, Aaron keeps stuff close to his vest, but I can't imagine that we wouldn't do a part three. Because Aaron is a huge sci-fi fan. And, you know, it gives the audience a chance to, you know, dress up as their favorite sci-fi sci character. <laughs> so, you know, we've had people dressed up in all sorts of outfits. Who would you dress up as? If you had the uh, you know liberty to do so, if you didn't have to play, I don't know, maybe like Chewbacca. Chewbacca, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? I can imagine I Chewbacca know. playing the tuba. It'd I think it'd look great. The, it'd be hard to get the mouthpiece in there. Really? In the suit, I think. But you could you could you know figure it out. Well, it's kind of like when I'm wearing like the Santa suit and I got to pull the beard down and jam the mouthpiece in there. I'm a practical guy, and the air conditioning would just not be enough to cover that. I'd have to figure out a way to get like an air conditioned suit somehow. Yeah. Yes. Well, you definitely couldn't be Darth Vader. That no, would. No. No, 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 no. that no. wouldn't work. No, but Darth uh, Vader would not play the tuba. No, no, no but Chewbacca, no. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> Chewbacca would. Oh, Chewbacca's excellent idea. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love that. That would be that'd be great. Speaking of films, what's your favorite film? This is really tough. <laughs> oh boy, I've been working on this like all weekend. I mean, I just don't think I can narrow it down. Uh -huh. I've been like, do you want to do it by genre? One of the genres I really like is where you have a. Um, a movie that's set in the future, but it's in the past. 
in the past. You know what I mean? So I'm going to have to rewatch. A dystopian setting. Kind of. Ooh. So I'm going to have to rewatch Back to the Future. <gasps> Jeremy, That's Because, excellent... you know, that just happened. You know, last week right. they went. What day was that? It was like what Wednesday. June 9th was a Tuesday because that's my, my husband's birthday. But yes. I think it was June 9th, 2015. Okay, was when they went into the future with Gray's Sports Almanac. Yeah. See, so now I'm gonna <gasps> yes. have to now I'm gonna You're have good. to rewatch that movie because here we are in 2015. Right. So I'm gonna have to figure out what didn't happen. Yes. No hoverboards. Yeah. No hoverboards. I'm heartbroken. So I'm gonna have to rewatch that because that's kind of a genre I like. He does seem to be avoiding the question, doesn't yes. he? Yes. It's a pretty simple question. We don't What's even your favorite have a, movie? We don't even have a clue. What is your favorite movie? I don't know. What's your top five? Yeah, top five. I don't know. Good I, idea. You know, will you settle for that answer? I will settle Natalie? for top five. Because I kind of like you know, romantic comedies. I'm kind of a sissy. We'll just throw a couple of names so, out. Um, my best friend's wedding is really good. Oh, okay, so that's what the top thing with the, uh, <laughs> with the um, lobsters. What about Father of the Bride? That is uh, excellent. That's pretty good. I'm getting I mean, the thumbs like, up from Rachel. She's I like, uh, and I like meet the parents better than meet that the parents. One. Meet the parents. Is, okay, so is that's really one of good. the top five. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I like all sorts. What of What about Jaws? I like Jaws, but I wouldn't put it in like the yeah, top. That, that is not worthy know. of the top no, five. I don't know if go spot. in the top five because I was talking to my wife Colleen about it, but it doesn't really count as a movie. What about Titanic? Titanic is really good. That's, that's top good five. Movie. Is that top five? I don't know. Jeez, but like Pride and Prejudice. But that was a <gasps> miniseries. I love the, that. The miniseries with Colin Firth. Are you going to let him throw a miniseries yes, in the top Darcy. five? Yes. Okay. That's fantastic. That is the best. Colin Firth is the best, that Mr. Was, Darcy. It was fanta- that's a fantastic movie. Wow. I wouldn't be jumping in, but Natalie, you need some help. You she just cannot get a straight I answer out of these guys. I know. I, need help. But that I think anyone tell the truth. I don't think just... that really counts as no, a movie, No, I mean, she though, needed help questioning that. Yeah, it counts as a movie. That's... I mean, that went on for, how long is that, like eight hours? Eight hours. Yeah, at least. I watched the whole thing. That's, a, oh, that's really so great. Good. Every time I get the flu, that's what I watch. You know, and Bridget Jones' Diary is good. <gasps> and the beauty yes. of that is that they cast Colin Firth as Mr. Darcy. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, what are the current movies out that are your favorite that you've seen? So I haven't, I've been so busy lately, I haven't seen anything current. Wow. I'm, What's the next question? Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't on. do well. No, no. I, hey, I'll settle. I didn't do well on that. I really only wanted one, so I've got three to yeah, choose Yeah, that's from. true. He did give you three. You did, yeah. and I think Pride and Prejudice soared to the top, in oh, my it, opinion. Yeah, if you can count that as a... That's a great... That, that's really great. Have so you seen well it? Done. The BBC production... Um, Colin Firth as Mr. Darcy. It's fantastic. I've not. I've heard it's good, though. Yes, it's I have fa- seen it. and It's fantastic. It's really good. <laughs> and that's yes. what we'll put. That's, it's the, really that's good. The, ch- the chosen one. Okay. Okay, another tough question. You're stuck on an island, and you can only have one CD. What would you choose to listen to day after day? It's a compilation of all the back episodes of Maestro's On Air. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought about that, but I didn't think that would count. Good one, Jeremy. I like that. I thought about do, I like that. doing that, but I didn't think to do it. So I worked on that one for a while. I mean, I really like Bruckner a lot, but I think I'm going to go with Mahler. Mm. So I think I'm going to go with Mahler second. The Resurrection Symphony, Chicago Symphony with Abado conducting. Wow. That's what I'm doing. Bold choice. How more, how more specific can you get? Yes. Yes. I think yes. Because the Abado, I like the Abado recording better than Schulte. So That's I'm going good. With, with I'm an going encore with of the Tuba Brothers at the end? Yeah, we'll put the Tuba Brothers at the end. <laughs> how often mixtape. would you be listening to that? Well, it'd be all the time because that's all I got. Really? So you'd burn it out like in a week? You'd be tired of it already? I don't know. It's hard to say. All right. It's mm-hmm. kind of like what we were talking about off the air. You know, the... I, you know, we were over at Grills, 
and they have uh, a volleyball up on the wall. It's a Spalding ball, and underneath it says Wilson's cousin. So <laughs> Spalding. Like yeah, Spalding, Wilson's cousin. So it kind of be like that. But that's a that's a good uh, that's a really good question. I was yeah. been sweating that one for a while. That's so. a tough one. Yeah, it is really tough. Well, here's another tough one. Okay, go. What's your favorite tuba solo? Now that one was a little Ooh. bit easier for me, but the thing is, though, it's not really a tuba solo. Okay. Uh, my favorite, I think it's um, Strauss, Strauss's um, first horn concerto. Mm. It's really lies well on the tuba. My favorite recording is my teacher, Arnold Jacobs, played it with the uh, Gunnison um, Music Camp Band. It was like in the early 60s in Colorado. It was like an all-star. It was like the teacher's band. I mean, the tuba section had Arnold Jacobs, had William Bell, who was the retired um, tuba player of the New York Philharmonic, had Harvey mm -hmm. Phillips who at the time was like an all-star in um, New York and became, you know, teacher at Indiana University. That's just a great recording. I love I love that recording. I've performed that piece before. It was just great on the tuba, and he just does a fantastic job with it. Awesome. But it's not really a tuba solo, but that's my favorite. That's your favorite? Yeah. So now that you are on the air, uh, if you had any choice of a dream guest... Who would it be? That's another tough one. Because I try to divide it down with like living or dead. Yeah, well, let's do one living and one dead. That's what I was thinking. Dead would be my teacher, Arnold Jacobs. Oh, wow. That would be, that would nice. be great to have him on. Because he'd be great on the radio. He had a great voice, like a basso profundo. He would really voice. appreciate that. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, honored. He's, he, had a great, uh, he has a great voice. Had a great voice. I don't even know who you're talking about, but he'd really appreciate sure it. Sure you do. Well, I, I talk do, about Jake all the time. No, I know, but I've never met him. Yeah, he he died before I came on the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He died in I think ninety eight. Right. Okay. But, um, yeah, it'd be great to have him on the on the show. He'd probably be like, "Well, Eric, this is all well and good, but I think you need to look work on your low register a little bit." Really? That's what he would say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was funny. Like you go in for the get up. He would teach in the Fine Arts Building in uh, downtown Chicago. You get upstairs and he'd be like um, why don't you go downstairs and get me a blueberry muffin and because <laughs> he'd like teach all day so he'd be you know he'd be hungry yeah so you don't and if you're really smart you would already bring him something so it didn't cut into your ah. lesson time yes but uh, you know but he is really really great great guy so but that'd be my uh, someone who's not with us mm -hmm. and then the live someone who's still alive I was working on that one Colleen wanted me to interview Joe Alessi, who's the principal trombone in the uh, New York Philharmonic. That'd be a good choice. But I was thinking, um, going a little bit outside, I was thinking Mike Ditka. Oh, I love Mike really? Ditka. Yeah. Really? I mean, I love the 85 Bears. Yeah. I love Ditka. I mean, I love, like, I'll watch the ESPN pregame rather than Fox. The so Bears. Can, the Bears. Just so, bears. I can see, uh, <laughs> just so I can see Ditka. I mean, he's great because they'll be like, you know, Bears are playing. Everybody else picks the other team. Ditka goes with the Bears. So, yeah, I think Ditka would be great. Oh, yeah. I mean, he would take what over. What a personality. He would take over, of course, but it'd be okay. Yes. I think we'd like to get one more clip in from our most recent concert, the Big Band Bash. I think that's an excellent idea. Oh, we actually idea. had a special guest. Yes, right. Uh, Linda Cole, uh, cousin of Nat King Cole, you know, part of the Cole family. Yep, and part what, of the Cole uh, family. What are we going to be doing? Uh, don't get around much anymore. All right, let's hear it.
Sorry, I missed that. Yeah, she's got a great voice, and she's a really nice lady, too. She does. She's really great. She has a great voice. I'm sure she's as nice as she sounds. Yeah, she's um, a really, really nice lady. Eric, real quick, we did not. Uh, we haven't talked about this yet. Symphony for Good. Symphony for Good? Yeah, where, still, are we, where are we? What's the latest? We're still about you know, halfway to our goal. Halfway, okay. You know, I go to the mailbox every day, and I'm looking for those um, donation envelopes, so... Um, they're beginning to slow down a little bit, so if you can, um, you know, get your uh, donations in, I really appreciate it. Because everything you go helps, you donate helps to um, help keep us space, going. Helps the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra, right? And we're a nonprofit organization. We would not be able to do this without our incredible supporters, our donors, our fans. Right, and it's tax deductible to sure. the greatest extent. Uh, yeah. the law allows. And speaking of such, uh, the Symphony for Good actually helps fund many of the free concerts that we put on during the year. And in fact, the next set of concerts is uh, just those. They're free concerts. That's right. America the Beautiful. That's right. I uh, just checked with management. Tickets are going fast. You still need a ticket, even though it's free. They're still going fast, but there are still tickets available. So why don't we run down uh, when those concerts are? Yes, let's run it down. When are those concerts? All right. uh, The first one is uh, June 27th. And this is actually a double header. We're going to have two concerts on the same day. That's right. So you can uh, drive down to Vero Beach like we're doing. See the concert, turn around, come back up here, and (laughs) see another concert. So what time is it in Vero Beach? uh, It's at 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock. Now, this is a new venue for us. I'm very excited to see this venue. I haven't seen it yet. Mm. First Presbyterian Church of Vero Beach. Wow. New venue. Right. The address is on the website. Haven't been there before. I'm looking forward to it. Tickets are still available, but it's filling up fast. So hurry. Hurry. Don't delay. No (laughs) procrastinating. That's right. And then the um, Saturday, that evening is at our old friend, the Scott Center, at 7 p.m. And uh, tickets are going fast as yeah, well. Just the, off the Pineda in Melbourne, you can't miss it. Exactly. And it's, you know, very popular. Yeah, well, I guess you could miss it if your eyes were closed. Like right, driving by. drive off the road. Yeah, so. so that's, yeah, make sure you open your eyes. And then uh, on Sunday is at 3.30 p.m. at Riverside Presbyterian Church. That one We've done this for a lot of years. This is always a sellout. Where is that church? It's in uh, Cocoa Beach, right on A1A. Beach, A1A. It's part of the um, Vernon Bouchel concert series, and that concert is a sellout. It may, for all I know, it's already sold out. So you have no excuse. Three opportunities to see America the Beautiful. Right, and your best odds are on Saturday, because like I said, that Sunday one is is crazy busy. Crazy busy. All right, so then I'd like to uh, thank, thank our special guest, 
uh, Natalie Palmer from the Beachside Resident. I really enjoyed you coming in today. It was a pleasure. Yeah, I mean, I, an honor. When, yeah, I knew when you uh, when Rachel called me, I knew we had to like. This is a lot more fun than just like you asking me a bunch of questions. Oh, fun, you know, yeah. You know, being on the podcast. So. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's oh, yeah. a big honor. You can be on any time. Oh, well, I might take you up on that. Okay. And <laughs> we can ask you all the questions. There you go. Well, right. we do have one question, which is, uh, when will this particular interview be in the... That is an excellent question. So, if you want to read more about Eric Lee, our issue of the Beachside Resident uh, hits the streets on July 3rd. He has been nominated as Resident of the Month. And for those of you who are not familiar with our publication, uh, we have been around, our, we just had our 10-year anniversary in March. Wow. Uh, we cover arts and entertainment, uh, things, you know, out and about in Brevard. And we have a, a we make about maybe 10 to 12,000 issues every month that go wow. out. Uh, over 300 locations. And, of course, we cover music, food, and community events. Wow, that's, that's good. Great. It kind of sounds like our show. Yeah. It's kind of like our Music, show. food, community events, you Especially name it. Especially the food. Yeah, yeah we yeah. talk about all this stuff, too. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, kind of cool, like that. Love that. The food. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, I'm looking forward to reading it, but, you know, the hour has slipped away oh, from us once again. Really? Already? Well, this has been Bill Trudeau. And Eric Lee. And I'm Jeremy Hickman with our special guests for the hour. Natalie Palmer. I'm Rachel Belchek. Reminding you, as always, we'll, we'll see you at the show. You've been listening to Maestros On Air, brought to you by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. Remember, you can support the symphony in many ways, including a visit to Maestros Cafe, located just inside the main entrance to the Brevard Central Library and Reference Center, 308 Forest Avenue, Cocoa, Florida. Maestro's Cafe serves a variety of coffee and other drinks, as well as breakfast and lunch selections, and is open most days from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. with extended hours on Tuesday and Thursday, closed Sunday. For more information about the symphony or upcoming concerts, like us on Facebook. Or visit our webpage at spacecoastsymphony.org. And remember, as always, we'll see you at the show. A Peak Velocity production.